This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara Turrbal peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. This episode contains some swear words. And the film we discuss includes a depiction of suicide. All right, hello. I am Jessica Aidy. And I'm Maddie Nixon. And we are doing a exciting thing. We're doing a film review of a classic film this week, and we've brought a special guest. Who are you? My name is Alexi Toliopoulos, and I'm probably the biggest fan of this movie in the entire world. So please, don't give it a negative review, guys. That's what I'm here to say. I'm here to protect it. Could you imagine if we brought you in to crush your dreams? Like, We've heard that you famously are obsessed with this film. Yeah, you need to absolutely shit on it. Yeah, um, well, you know, I actually wouldn't appreciate that. I wouldn't take too kindly to it, if I'm honest. Yeah. Alexi is a prolific podcaster <laughs> and very funny boy. Oh, thank um, you so much. He's very nice. He's got a bunch of great podcasts. One is called Total Reboot, mm-hmm. which has with Cameron James. Yes. If you like a movie... That's a podcast about them. It's about them, like famously is about films. Um, There's also two really good ones on the ABC of all places. Mm. There's Finding Drago and Finding Desperado, which I love. Some of my favourites. Very funny. Thanks, guys. And then Netflix has also let him have a podcast. It's called The Big Film Buffet, I believe. And we talk about Netflix movies on there too. So I talk about movies all the time. So today is a rare treat to talk about my favourite movie of all time. <laughs> There's no one more qualified to talk about a film. We are in Alexi. the best hands. Sorry, <laughs> uh, well, the film that we are looking at is Looking for Alabrandi, as I've always pronounced it, or Looking for Alabrandi, as mm. it's probably actually pronounced. I think you're allowed to say either way. Mm, great. Good. Because okay. I will be saying Alabrandi. <laughs> <laughs> Best-selling novel, Looking for Alibrandi. I'm surrounded by girls whose fathers treat them like princesses. Comes the story of a girl growing up in two worlds. And I was having such a bad hair day. Give me a fuckers. I don't belong anywhere and I hate it. What is it with wolves? But between the life she knows... The wolves marry the wolves and the North Shore marry the North Shore. And the life she wishes she had. There's a boy she wants and another who wants her. I didn't think you'd be the type to come to one of these. Do you want to go out? You'd have to meet my mother. Does this boy have a car? No. Good. And so it's from the year 2000 and is based on the 1992 novel by Melina Marquetta, I want to say, like mm-hmm. Porchetta. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't know if there's any... <laughs> They're related, yeah. yeah. They're related. You <laughs> looked at me for clarity and I was like blank in the face. <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, <laughs> Italian and Toliopolis is not an Italian name. No, it's a fully sick Greek name. It's a sick name. I, you know, it's a, they're actually very similar, I would say. Mm. And I'm allowed to say it. I'm allowed to say it and I will say it. A Greek and Italian migrant cultures in Australia are one and the same. There's, in fact, a saying that's like um, in Italian, faccio onorazzo, which means uh, one face, one race, which talks to between like Greek and Italians. Oh, cool. Yes, it's a saying set between them. So 
we are brothers, we are sisters. There you go. Excellent. Because <laughs> you'll all kind of cop the same ethnic slurs absolutely. if you are going to be attacked. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to be attacked, they're going to use the same things. Mm, okay. Oh, God. A lot of greasies. I get called that a lot. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm greasy, so. Oh, um, <laughs> God bless Australia. It's, it's going really well. Um, I have, I've brought with me uh, my beautiful copy of the DVD, which oh. I... Clearly spent nine ninety nine on because yes. there's a sticker. Um, it's an on sale sticker. Yeah. So did you buy this from a Sanity? I could have, but I most likely got it from DVD King in wow. Brisbane. Still exists. Yeah. Brick and mortar Icon. store. No online store. Wow. Yeah. Purely physical media. You have My to God. take your physical body in and take a physical wow. film out. Wow, that's my... I love physical media. I love DVDs. <laughs> and I've never been to DVD King, but I will tell you, I get sent photos of it all the time. Oh, yeah. people just okay. in Brisbane go like, oh, have you seen this place, dude? You've got to check out If DVD you ever King. come up, I'll take you. Please. Yeah. I would yeah, love to. We'll have an adventure. I want the tour. I want the full mm-hmm. tour of every aisle of that place. If anyone could do it, it's probably Jess and I. Yeah, that's how we spent our it's early 20s. It's <laughs> at the top of the Maya Centre in oh. Queen Street. We used to go there all the time because they will, anything that you want to order in, they will find it for you. <gasps> yeah. On oh, DVD wow. or They Blu-ray. will get... Like, oh. I, I prefer a DVD because I like the, the, the rectangle of the cover yes. more than I like the Blu-ray rectangle. Yeah. closer to a square. But mm. those guys, they'll be like, oh, you can only get this DVD from this one place in Ukraine. Oh. Mm. Give us two weeks. Yeah, yeah. we'll get there. <laughs> and then it's there. We're sending an ASIO agent to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Anyway, we love their work and mm-hmm. I've got the DVD yeah. and I'm going to read the synopsis, mm-hmm. see what they went with permanently on the back. All right, Josie Alabrandi has a lot to deal with right now. She's 17, got the dreaded HSC in front of her, and the boy of her dreams seems completely out of reach. Then there's that other problem. She's a wog. Okay, sure, it's where <laughs> Josie comes from. but It's, it's... hard to see them print these days. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to watch Jess say that word. We, I, I just, it's not something I say. We'll come back to um, that You're term. You're still feeling it in your head yeah. after yeah. saying it. It's where Josie comes from, but it's not where she feels she belongs. In fact, Josie doesn't know where she belongs, with her nonna in one ear talking about the old country and the stuck-up girls at her school telling her she's an outsider. It's no wonder. This year, however, everything is going to change. Josie will let loose, face her fears, uncover secrets, even discover the true identity of her father. It's going to be a year when Josie finally finds out where she belongs. That's a a long... With Ooh, the hip soundtrack going. featuring <laughs> Killing Heidi, Spy Debate and mm. Low Tell. We will come yeah. back to the soundtrack. Of um, course you have to. Yeah. So that's the synopsis. It's a long synopsis on the DVD. for back of a DVD. It is. Um, Good work. Commitment. Do you think it's an accurate synopsis? <laughs> yeah, it covers everything. From the soundtrack to the plot <laughs> of the movie, that's what you need the synopsis <laughs> yeah, to do. The man of her dreams. Exactly. Yeah. Gives you the thread of mystery that's in there as well. That's essential to this movie. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you're going to hear a few bangers from Lotel, from Spider-Bait, etc., etc. Yeah. Mm. I only watched the film for the very first time last night. Oh, no way. Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to intentionally watch it without... The synopsis. That's good. Mm-hmm. So all I had was the title, Looking for Alabrandi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no idea where that's going to take yeah, me. Who's Alabrandi? How are they going to mm-hmm. find them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will they? Yeah. And so now having watched it once and mm-hmm. retroactively hearing the synopsis can confirm. Mm. That I yeah. think I think it's hits it hits. I think and it's a good way to go in, especially for classic. You got to. Go, I like to go in like blank slate style. You don't know too much. The whole film can be etched on you. You're discovering it as it goes on. Yeah, mm. and 
you as a fresh baby having viewed it for the first time um what is your what was your impression of the film oh it was like classic young adult Mm. fiction yes turned into film i was like yep we're hitting we're hitting all the things we need to hit but i i liked how or the things that stuck out to me the Mm -hmm. most was how authentic the young people sounded like they spoke about sex in a way that teenagers speak about sex mm. and they swear and i loved how fierce josie yeah. was like she was she has a backbone and a, and like a sass to her that's really refreshing yeah. um because that's what young people are like in real life but mm-hmm. so often on you know film and tv it's like <laughs> this watered down version yeah of young women so she's got a lot of agency yeah mm. Mm. yeah so that that those are the things that stood out Banging soundtrack stood out. And I don't know how much you want to get into the plot straight away, but I like how it ended. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't want to get into the plot, but we will just jump straight to the end. And that's all we'll cover. I love those credits, those moments just before the credits. They're awesome. I do have some notes about the credits. Um, Well, I've seen the movie Mm -hmm. many times um, and is why that's why I wanted to do it because I love it. Yes. Um, And I read the book, obviously, as a teen Mm -hmm. and loved it. And one of the things that, like, once I moved to Sydney and lived here for a while, the film made a lot more sense. Mm. But it was always really relatable before then. So I'm I'm interested in, like, what is it about this movie that really looks nothing like my high school Mm. experience at all? Like, why is it so... Like, mm. relatable and also, like, Sydney on film. Yes. It's really interesting and not much has changed. So, yeah, that's what I want to unpack. That's I would say, I'm, like, yeah. a big part of that, like, why something like this is so relatable is uh, there's a universality to teen stories. Mm. I mm. think that's why, like, we connect so much to, like, teen stories because the universality of it all is that, like, everyone, for the most part, goes through what it's like to be an adolescent to coming of age, whether it's like rites of passage that are specific or, you know, cultural things or whether it's just like that idea of change, like you're going through a tremendous change. I'm talking about puberty. Yeah. (laughs) Your body is doing some really freaking weird and crazy stuff. It's going weird. There's going to be a few more hairs than there were the last day. Stuff's going crazy. And there's a universality to that where you're like discovering things for the first time and you're like feeling new emotions for the first time, new feelings and new smells, perhaps. Mm. Lots of weird stuff. You can see the chemicals coming off of those teenagers. (laughs) Exactly. You've got those hormones. You can see the hormones in the air. Yeah, and I think that's, like, part of, like, why teen stories, whether they be super specific, there's always that universal thing of just going, like, oh, I can see my life in that. I can relate to that. Everyone, for the most part, goes to school. Everyone goes to Mm. high school. Whether Mm. it's, like, a Catholic girls' school in this movie or, like, you know, a dog shit public school like I went to. (laughs) Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) You could still, like, find, like, go, oh, that resonates with me. That feels so familiar to me. Yeah. And the more specific you get, I think there's something in that with being able to identify it with your own experience, like, through, like, some sort of realism or connectivity. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, because, like they're all real people like mm. their characters seem like real and yeah it's like it could be someone that you know and i've thought of one of the things that i was like oh no that is something i very specifically mm. found relatable is like the hot boy um public school mm. jacob jacob yes. cook jacob cook 
Kick Gurry plays him. Yes. Yeah. Long hair, bit of a necklace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's talking about Nick Cave. He's a little clearly, bit of facial hair. Yeah. Mm. Smart but a real dickhead. Yes. Mm. Met those. Yep. Absolutely. It's all about that as Had a Had love-hate relationships <laughs> with those boys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I still meet them now. Mm. I mean, But like... <laughs> God, I think I am one. I think I'm cool and sexy and wear little cool chains and stuff. I think I might be me one too. too. <laughs> all teen boys. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's like looking at all Josie as well, because she's, you know, big nerd, really. Mm. Yeah, um, vice captain. And like, yes. I was thrown I was from vice captain. captain. <gasps> I was a vice captain too. Yeah. Oh my God. We've I was captain of the dance team. Whoa, okay. Oh, awesome. Or vice captain of the dance. I can't remember. Oh, I didn't that's... Some kind of leadership position <laughs> within the dance within team. Within the performing arts. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, like, not ready to have sex at 17. I wasn't. No. I was much, much like Josie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> We've moved through that. Um, but yeah, so I went to school in central Queensland mm-hmm. on the coast at a public school. Yeah. It was great. It could not be more different yeah. to this. That was something that stood out to me as a kid that went to school in Queensland. Mm. I was like, this is a Sydney film. And there yeah. are those mm. universal experiences, but the context is so yeah. So different. And yeah. things that I now understand way more from like yeah. moving to Sydney and having people like ask me what high school I went to. Mm. And it's just like, dude, I'm closer to 30 than yeah. 20. Like, Yeah, that's not a it, culture we have no. there as much, that kind of like school versus school elitism. It, mm. In the city a little bit, mm. but yeah. it's just not a thing. Mm. I couldn't tell you what schools any of my no. close friends or par- ex-partners or colleagues wow. went to. <laughs> a, a fun yeah. thing. I that... know every high school in Sydney and I could rank them <laughs> in my head immediately. <laughs> On a drop of a hat, I could rank every school. A fun experiment that you can do is if one of these people mm-hmm. asks you what school you've been to, you tell them, they go, where, where do you go? And they say, Scots or a yep. fancy boys school. And then I, I will go... Oh, where's that? Yeah. Is that I a public school? That's some sort of public school where they, they yeah. do Scottish class uh, or whatever there. Yeah, they don't like it. Yeah. And you see the ego drain out of their face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just like, no, nah, that's a school that probably costs more in a year than I make in a year. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and in this movie, because mm-hmm. they go do their have a say day. It's like an inter-school debate thing mm. at the Opera House. They're in the yep. northern foyer of the Opera House. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a lot of the fancy like private schools do have like speech days and stuff in the opera, mm. opera house. They do that now. They yeah. rent it out. Very expensive. Do Ooh. they compete against random glebe public schools in debates? And do they also pick that one school and then have inter-school dances? Is that normal? You're from I, Sydney. I would say I actually went to a uh, public high school in Glebe. So mm-hmm. probably uh, like the, the equivalent. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. equivalent of that. And I would say, no, we never hung out with any like Catholic girls school, even the Catholic girls school around the corner, uh, St. Scholasticus. We don't, we do not hang out with them back then. Uh, now, who cares? You know, yeah. we mix it up. Who, we go to like all the, the debutante balls now that I'm close <laughs> to my 30s. Um, but now, uh, like we wouldn't do that. It would be more like there was an international grammar school that was like also rich, but they mm. were like... We were like scum and they were like mm. cool, but I don't think we ever competed with like schools in debates or anything. Yeah. No. Well, because it works for like the plot device. So she yeah. can 
have two boys that exactly. she likes. One who's dangerous yeah. and one who is a liberal, yeah. arguably more dangerous. Yeah, because he was joining the young libs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that has never like haunted me as a child. Because <laughs> yeah, as a yeah. teen, I didn't get it. But yeah. then she's talking about how in her daydreams, she's wearing like an Anastasia Palaszczuk mm-hmm. bright red blazer because she's in her mind, she's yeah. going to be the shadow attorney general or something. Yeah. So she's Labour and she's married to her liberal Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they talk about crossing the aisle. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that hit's different. I know. Yeah. Bipartisanship doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it doesn't happen. And the young libs are all in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, that's the thing as well. Like, for me, it's like, it's that Sydney thing about this movie. I think I saw, I was seeing this movie for the first time when I was like, 10 years old it would have been mm-hmm. like eight or nine when it came out and i remember my older cousin christina had it on vhs and she was like it was like her favorite movie it's like we gotta watch this movie and she like put it on and i remember just being like you know you know i'm like a fucking nine-year-old boy yeah, so yeah. i'm like oh i love star wars i love indiana jones and then i saw this film and i was like oh my god this is the best thing i've ever seen yeah because i think it was like you know for a young man like myself it was the first time that like you know, <laughs> the silver screen was no longer a portal. It was, in fact, a mirror. And I could oh. see, like, my own existence there. That's you great. You know, I lived with my mom and my grandma, and it was just, like, the same family dynamic. And I just saw it, like, fully come alive. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what storytelling is. Yeah. People, like, can tell their own stories. And was that the first time you had that experience at I that deep so. level? Yeah, I think so. It would have been, like, the other thing close to that would have been, like, seeing, like, Heartbreak High, like, coming home from school and, like, yeah. seeing Heartbreak High on TV. Yeah. And I think these are, like, those are, like, two similar texts that are, like, very close mm. to me as far as, like, going, like, oh, wow, this is what you can do. Yeah. So would you say that you are Josie Alabrandi? I would say so. I would say mm. I'm absolutely a Josie that... Go get a nerd <laughs> that's trying to be cool as well. And it's like kind of trapped between two worlds. I think that was so what my life felt like. And I was just like, I think this film captures that so authentically. And it's like got such like, you know, that beautiful use of language and like capturing it all like yeah. that. Mm, and I think because Ma- Melina Marquette, the mm-hmm. author of the book, she also wrote the screenplay. Yes. And like she still lives in Haberfield, I'm yeah. pretty sure. And when she go- when Josie goes to her nonna's house, it is in Haberfield. It is it's, across yeah. from the little fruit shop down from the IGA because I've looked at it. I used to catch the bus mm-hmm. there. Um, and more than once, a nice elderly Italian lady yeah. would try and speak to me in Italian and I'd be like, hello. Yeah, um, exactly. and You've then got Italian features. People would be give like, Give me a lolly. Yeah. <laughs> they, yes. She gave me lolly. Whoa. Yeah. You know that house from the movie where that the Norn's house is like Melina's actual parents' house? <gasps> So of I, course I, it I, is. I, I will tell you something. This is like the coolest experience of my life. Like mm-hmm. A couple of years on. ago, yeah. I put on like a live table read of this script. Yeah. Like and cast like lots of cool actors in it. But I worked with Melina to get like her older first drafts of the script Excellent. to like use as it. So I went to her house, like go through her garage with her, like going through like all these different versions of the script. And I'm like... I was like freaking out. Yeah, I was yeah. so excited. Were you just literally sweating? shit? Like, yeah, <laughs> I was. I was shitting the whole time because I was like, I'm freaking out. I like my voice was trembling the whole time I was talking to her because like you know you're my hero and stuff and like I was so excited to be doing this because this this means the world to me. This book and your film and your way you wrote the script and everything. I was just like freaking out. It's like mm. one of the few times in my life 
anyone that I've met attached to this film and book is like the few times in my life where I've been like buzzing with like <laughs> intense starstruckness. Yeah, you actually start floating from the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I'm vibrating. I'm You're floating. just in the garage, like a yeah. foot above the ground. Like. <laughs> and she's like, you know, I can't talk for too long. I'm like, okay, yes, please, please. I don't, you know, it's too long. It's too intense. And she's just like so cool about everything. It's so nice. And like could speak so well on the book and like the script. And I would say like the one thing that really became apparent like when doing like the Table Read show was um, how absolutely really funny this script is. Because I think the movie is funny. Like it's a good comedy and it's a really good drama. But I think like when we, the way I cast it was like I cast mainly comedic actors. And just like the writing in that script just like lends itself to just being shown in two different ways of it being like funny, comedic and silly and it coming alive as like a really deep and meaningful drama for young people. Yeah, it actually felt a little bit theatrical too. Mm. Like which some, Mm. which a lot of, Australian cinema from that time is quite theatrical. You know, you yes. think of like the early Baz Luhrmann's, and, you know, everything's so theatrical and it had that element in there, which I love as someone who writes across theatre and film. Yeah. So mm. that's like my cup of tea. Mm. <laughs> but I just think that works so well for young people because Absolutely. everything is at this kind of heightened level of like everything's up here and it's 100% and all of your feelings are happening all at the same time. Yeah. So being able to lean into the like absurdity of mm. moments makes things much fucking funnier. Absolutely. You know? And the dialogue is really funny mm. and punchy. So, And because you get Josie's inner monologue as well, mm. like yeah. it's, it's like the book. Like yeah. I think it really... Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. so theatrical too, like having direct address kind of narration. Exactly. I'm like, oh, as soon as that started, I was like, okay, we're here, <laughs> right. we are in a young person's yeah. brain. And we're going to be taken on a journey. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a great, like, perspective technique for this film. Like, yeah. To, like, really ground yourself in, like, both the reality of this person's existence, but also their fantasy as well. Yes. I think it just, yeah. like, works so well in, like, creating, like, this holistic experience and this, like, well-rounded character yeah. that makes, like, Josie, for me, like, the ultimate, like relatable character in absolutely because it's almost the unreliable narrator mm. when you do that mm. with young people because your because your imagination is so <laughs> yeah. like out there you can kind of jump between like the debate and then her being like i'm gonna be the wife of a young lnp and, yeah. and you just kind of buy it because you're like oh yeah that's the nonsense i would have imagined <laughs> when i was a teenager and still do <laughs> we never change that's a lie we tell ourselves we never change yeah yeah we just keep it buried yeah i just <laughs> also i just love that performance like i think that acting this film is just absolutely phenomenal from yeah, like the really like across the board but i think pia miranda is like she's so young making yeah. this movie she's like in her 20s she's 27 i've yeah. got a little list of the cast and the young people how old they were i know i'm saying she's I so young be, but like I that's like know. how old i am yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm just like she's so young she's so young she looked but i mean she still looks 10 years younger than she is now like she she's always the same. Yeah. she looks 17 yeah. she looks exactly the same now yeah mm. and like she's incredible in this film because she just like captures like all of that like hurt that you feel and like like you were saying those like heightened intensity of emotions when you're a teenager yeah and just like it's kind of a phenomenal performance because she's also not a teenager anymore yeah to be able to like tap into that again and like tap into that energy and also the rebellious nature of like wanting to like rebel against your family despite being like having that complete overwhelming and worrying unconditional love for them as well just like 
It's a magnificent performance. Because mm. I, I hadn't seen it, mm. I knew Pia from um, the Australian Celebrity Survivor yes. season. And so I was very excited to see her doing her actual work. <laughs> yeah. uh, but she was brilliant in that as well. Can, mm. can Didn't she win? Recommend. She's a winner. She won. She absolutely Amazing. won. Oh, yeah. love that for her. And she yeah. earned it. She mm. won, but she also won the hearts of the nation. Oh, absolutely. she already had them, arguably. She, yeah. She's <laughs> one of our sweethearts, <laughs> and she <laughs> continued that reign. Yeah. Uh, well, all the, the women in mm. the film are amazing and the whole thing is like female-led which is really cool and I think mm. makes a real difference um, and like her relationship with the mum and yeah. the nonna because it's yeah. Greta Skacchi? How many uh, is Skucky, I think. Skucky, yeah. lovely. Yeah. Mm, she's really cool. She's incredible. She's so, I think like as well it captures this dynamic between the three of them, the grandmother, the mother and the daughter. Yeah, that was beautiful. That's like, mm. I don't know any other time I've seen like three generations being played with such like authenticity like that where you can tell that the it's like it's always been like history repeating itself yeah, where the yeah. mother had the same relationship with her mother but as she's gotten older she's found like more in common with her mother and can empathize with her more it's just like oh man i'm sorry i'm gonna start mm. crying talking about <laughs> how much i love this movie love so it. much um, and well, the, the nonna, Elena Cotter, yeah. or Elena, is the actress. She's just so wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, well, I think I've been trying to figure out, like, what's another equivalent film? Like, mm. if you think about, like, Australian films. Yes. What's the other looking for Ella Brandy? Like, I can't think of one because, like... Not quite. Coming-of-age film, but also that generational... Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, there are multiple older women on screen because, mm. like, yeah. her like spiring of nonnas that's one of my favorite sequences where they yeah. fly around, she gets an ice cream, she's having yeah. a smoke, so and yeah. all the nonnas are loved that. Yeah. yeah, I wrote, I wrote down yeah. the note which just said nonnas spiring and like six <laughs> exclamation points. Yeah, I've got a yeah. Yeah. Was the note. <laughs> it's so funny, especially when you see that first flash like come from the brooch, mm. it's like complete yeah. fantasy. So, so good. well done. I love that magical realism stuff, mm. yeah, but I think. I, the only other film I can think of, like, there's a little bit of it in Strictly Ballroom, but mm. not not nowhere near the same yeah. level of intimacy or accuracy or, you know, emotional kind of intensity. Mm. And there's maybe a little bit of it in the castle with the dad and the sons, but yeah. again, nowhere near the same. Mm. I, I can't think of an equivalent where it was just so upfront mm. there and felt so authentic. Yeah, I think because it's so visibly Australian yeah. and, like, audibly as well. The accents are so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But it's, like, it's... I'm so fond of this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the woman who plays the teacher, Kerry Walker, I love mm-hmm. her. Yeah. She's in so many things. Because having looked her up, I was like, oh, yeah, you're just in every Australian movie. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's why Everyone I know your face. pops up in so many things. Yeah. And I'd say as well, like, part of it is, like, that we were talking about, like, that authenticity to, like, the multicultural experience yeah. in Australia. There have been, you know, there's, especially around this era, there were plenty of texts that did that, yeah. whether it be film or TV or, you know, literature. Uh, but I feel like that since this, it's like a kind of a big tragedy for me that there has not been a new generation equivalent for yeah, newer Australians, like new migrants, mm. you know, like, like you know, Sudanese community doesn't yeah. have their version of looking for Ala Brandi the yeah. way that I did as like a second generation Australian. They don't have that equivalent because it hasn't been supported. Mm. Yeah. It was something that when I talked to Melina as well, she, that was like what she found really like heartbreaking was that there has not been that 
thing happen again think, for like that cross-cultural text. I think mm. maybe Ben Law's The Family Law mm. is probably mm. a good one. But I, outside of that, I can't yeah. think of other ones. There might be like, tell us if we're wrong. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, I, in, but even just on film or yes. cinema, something that was a big hit or... That was as embraced or as supported. Yeah. I feel like that, that hasn't been that support there. No, no. Hmm. Well, we have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Alexi, write it. I mean, well, no, we, we, just we need someone else. Thing, yeah, I was going to say, like, we need yeah. someone else. We need, yeah. If you're a funding body for film and television <laughs> and you're listening. Yeah, yeah. listen to this Maybe, freaking uh, lesson. Yeah. It's called Looking for Toliopolis. It's yeah, the same it's film. It's the same <laughs> yeah. cast. Yeah. Same cast. It's just a fan film where it's me um, with all the other actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I play um, the little brother for some reason. <laughs> uh, I play the public school boy. Yes, that yes, is it. Uh, you replace Kit Gurry, who was yeah. 22 when that was filmed. Oh, wow. Um, oh, one of the, the The mean girl, Blondie, mm-hmm. Leanna Walshman, she was actually 21. She, oh, really? she looks really? older than Pierre Because I wrote down, how old is she? Yeah, 21. Because I thought she's like 35. Oh, mm. my Lord. How dare you? That's so mean. No, no, I don't mean in a, I don't mean in a like, your face way. Yeah, mm. but she, she had an energy very, about her yeah. that was mm. very so that's confident. Impressive. Exactly, she um. had that high status. Yeah, exactly. It's just status. It's not age. <laughs> <laughs> with, with status comes class. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Do we want to get into some more plot things? Mm. I think so. Of the film, like key thing, because one interestingly, mm-hmm. like a big dramatic thing does happen like relatively early on mm. in the film because there's the. Private school boy, mm-hmm. John, John Barton, because mm-hmm. she wants to be Josie Ella Brandy Barton. Yes. Um, and they, they never get together or anything, and he dies by suicide. And it yeah. happens, like, re- really early on. Yeah, and then, cause smack can... bang in the middle. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you'd not seen it before. No, Maddie. so I had not seen the film before, mm-hmm. as we have discussed. And when that happened, I messaged Jess, and mm-hmm. I think all it said was in capital letters, John is dead. It did, yeah. that is what it um, said. And I sent it to about three other people who I had mentioned I was watching this film for the mm. first time, and everyone was like, welcome. Yeah, exactly. Now <laughs> yes. you've gone through the trauma that we've all been through. Yeah, yeah. And it really did come out of nowhere, but not in a um, jarring way or in mm. a negative way, in a, like, this is actually kind of how it happens in yes. schools mm. way a lot of the time. Yeah. And... You know, un- unfortunately, that is often the case, and especially in these kind of like high pressure private school situations where it was like, we just had no idea. Mm. Um, so I felt like that was really authentic and it definitely yeah. caught me off guard. Yeah. And it's like so powerfully emotionally like heightened and filmed. Like yeah, where we have like the With or Without You, with the or without two you. song. Just yeah. like it's a cover. Of, like, a beautiful cover. Beautiful cover. Beautiful cover. Yeah. Beautiful cover. yeah. And it's just like so, it's so moving. Like yeah. it's so powerful yeah. and how overwhelming it becomes. And like, you know, when she's like crying to her mum about yeah. it and then opening and, the letter. Yeah, like, and his boy's carrying, like his yeah. friend's carrying. The, yeah, but exactly. yeah, opening the letter. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, hearing the letter and knowing that he wrote it for mm-hmm. the day before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like throwing it out the window. Wow. Yeah. Maybe did- my favourite scene ever. Yeah. (laughs) I did like that. Um, I liked how they dealt with the aftermath. It felt like I like that it was this big thing that Mm. this young person had to deal with. Yeah. But that she also had positive support mechanisms. Like it Mm. wasn't, you know, I think 
we can very easily in mm. young adult fiction go into the world of like, and then this other young person spirals and these other things happen. Mm. And I think, you know, and those things do happen in mm. real life as well, but it's just as important to have these examples of like resilience mm. and young people getting through things and having the people around them to get through things. And it was so refreshing to see this thing happen and mm. go, this is terribly, terribly sad, yeah. but it's also terribly real and normal. Mm. Mm. and life will get better. Yeah, and rather than the film being, like, just about that loss, yes. it's yes. one of the things that happened to yes. that happens to Josie and it's more her, like, her journey yeah. into adulthood and, like, her building her relationships with her family. That's mm. the strongest through line. That's just one of the yes. things that happened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, you know, it's so well put the way you said that because I think, like, the main thrust of this movie is, you know, Josie trying to become the person she's meant to become and it's about the things that push her on that path and the other like big factor of this movie is like this movie has like a mystery like kind of shrouded in like superstition and yeah, stuff as well yeah that's like this big thrust of like who is Josie's dad like what is her family history yeah. I think that's like an element to this movie that is so interesting that it just has like this it's like a mystery movie at points as yeah, well of just yeah. like uncovering these clues, not quite an investigation or anything, but like uncovering these clues and like uh, about like putting together this family history and Anthony LaPaglia as mm. her secret dad. Uh, My yeah. Lord, uh, come uh, on. Mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm. What a hunk. Yeah. It's one of the so great, great Aussie hunk performances. Yeah, oh. yeah. a chiseled chisel time oh my god <laughs> it's chisel time oh, <laughs> oh, um yeah and well because it's like that she's kept this secret with her mom like she's mm. she knows that that's her dad but she's yes. not met him and yeah. then there's the other the there's, mystery oh, of finding yeah. out who her mom's dad is exactly and then she gets to build this relationship with anthony lapalia her dad mm-hmm. i can't remember his character's name michael andretti there yeah michael go. andretti yeah um a great name it is a great name <laughs> um, and a great car <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got that little, what is it? A, little, a red something. I don't a know. little Alfa Romeo. Oh. little uh. red Alfa Romeo. Oh, It's pretty slick. And he's, his apartment is just like, it yeah. seems to be at Luna Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's we'll gorgeous. About that. Did yeah. they just rent an office <laughs> and go, uh, we'll fit it, it out people live here? Yeah, it's it has literally to be a rented in, office. Like, but in Luna Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. in Luna Park. Luna Park. It's got the best view the city's ever had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't look like anyone lives there. No, no. <laughs> Amazing. Just this fancy man. Um, yeah. And then she gets to, you know, she gets to call her dad to the school. Mm. And be like, he's a barrister because she's broken that girl's nose with yeah. a book which is quite satisfying yeah and it's graham blundell right is her dad he plays the shock jock who was like yeah. alvin purple like in the australian sex comedies and then he's also maybe australia's most respected film critic and like oh. or like film and tv critic yeah yeah and he's playing this absolute <laughs> drongo shock jock uh, so mm. good <sighs> but that also felt very real i was yeah. like oh yeah we don't Absolutely. have those anymore mm. <laughs> who's that guy yeah, yeah. yeah who's he meant to be in this oh, movie <laughs> so satisfying well the interesting thing is like the like parental pressure in this movie like the, mm. the especially the fancy boys they're all like their dads are like politicians and yeah. like her dad's a barrister and there's that like pressure to do that and mm. it's like that's also where i went to school like the town that we lived in, we got there was a bridge in 1980, and then mm-hmm. the town was built Whoa. because there was a new aluminium smelter. Oh my god! Like they were making bauxite into alumina, and then alumina into aluminium. So wow. people's dads are not politicians. No, yes. like everyone is like works. Th- yeah, like yeah. for they 
working class people like yeah 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 it was the same like my dad <laughs> my dad uh was an well is an actor and mm. was a christian puppeteer with my mum mm. wow. and my mum was a christian puppeteer and worked at a bookshop and it was like these are the goals that we yeah <laughs> what's a christian puppeteer like what is a christian puppet um, look, it may be a whole other episode, yeah. but just imagine spreading the word of puppetry, spreading, wow. the, word the, spreading the word of the Lord via puppetry I, I wish it was the other way around. You know. Using Christianity to introduce kids to puppets? That's like, the yeah. way I really want it to be. But I mean, ultimately, be that's, what, that's what happened. Wow. Like, that's what happened with me. I ended yeah. up working in theatre. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you don't remember any Not the church. The, yeah. the... <laughs> you love the puppets, but yeah. the, what they were saying, who cares? Well, because the puppets yeah. are so much more memorable. Wow. I don't know what they were on about. We've gone on a tangent. <laughs> we have. Um, but, yeah, the... <laughs> I'm going to live in this tangent. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you listen do. to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, tragically, none of the fancy, expensive private school people would go on to become puppeteers. Mm. It seems it doesn't seem like that's the trajectory no. yeah, exactly. that they're doing. They're all going to go study law. Study law, study politics, become mm. boring dudes, become yeah. not so cool. But have amazing apartments at Luna exactly. Park. That's what you yeah. want. And yeah. red zippy zoomy cars. Mm. Little zippy cars, little zoomy yeah. zippy cars. Or a nice little house in Glebe. Yeah. Um, well, the locations in the movie, mm. I mm. do want to go through a little bit, because obviously Nonna is in Haberfield. Yes. It's all filmed in Haberfield. They live in Glebe mm-hmm. in a nice apartment that I think now would probably not be affordable. Absolutely. I don't know you, in, like right yeah. next to the fish markets? Come mm. on. I wonder, was it different in the year 2000? I don't know. I don't know. Probably probably a little bit. Probably. Mm. But, like, everything is so Sydney. Like, they're at yes. the Opera House. Luna Park's there. They go on a ferry. They go to Central. They mm. go to Bondi. Yeah. They go yeah. to the cinema in George Street. The, yeah. the old yeah. Dendy that used to be at George Street. Was it a Dendy? Yeah, it was a Dendy there. Before, and oh. it was, like, next door to the big hoids. Mm. As well, the Opera House, it's a rare glimpse inside the Opera House. Mm-mm. Very rarely do they film inside. Mm. Like, um, the Gillian uh, Armstrong movie, Starstruck, like, that is set at the Opera House for a lot of it. And they use all Opera House exterior. But the interior is, like, to Seymour Centre or something. Yeah. Like, but this is, like, one of it's the very few rare. times that you see, like, actually they film inside yeah. the Opera House. Locations very yes. Sydney. Mm. Opera House and like they, she works at a porto, yes. like yeah. all these things yeah. that are so identifiable. Absolutely, which is really cool. Like mm. it's cool to see because I was thinking about like, oh, what other movies do this? Like the yeah. only one that I could think of is like, all my friends are leaving Brisbane. <gasps> like, have you, have you ever watched that, Maddie? No, it's like a perfectly fine yeah. rom com. That was a big DVD in my video store days. I was like, whoa, this is a big DVD. It's going off the shelves. Okay, Australian rom com, and just because you can to see. Acquire. Because yeah. it's, like, filmed in Brisbane, so you're mm. just like, oh, and that's fun. Um, mm. And this is fun in the same way. Yeah. Um, and then the soundtrack mm-hmm. I want to go into because there's so many bangers. I've written, like, a list because they're mostly, except for, like, a couple of songs or any of the contemporary ones, it's all, like, Australian bands. Yeah. Because yeah. there's Killing Heidi, mm-hmm. Friends All Rom, I think is how you say that. Yeah, I've never Friends known. Friends All Rom, they're mm. huge. Yeah, they were know, huge for me back in the day. Because I know who they are, but I've yeah. never been confident in pronouncing the name. And you, you nailed know? it. Your first time, congratulations. Thank you so much. It's I tough. really appreciate that support. Yeah. Um, You've had the bulk of saying all the hard Italian names <laughs> and Friends All Rom in this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and there's The Church, mm-hmm. Silverchair, someone called Magic Dirt, and there's a band Dirt. called... A, Antenna, which I looked up. It's a couple of the Hoodoo Gurus and Chrissy oh, Amphlett. Hectic. 
um, and Spider Bait. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's, because there's a couple of like Italian songs, mm-hmm. one which is like Tintarella de Luna. Yeah, Tintarella de Luna. And then they do a like catchy cover of it on yes. the credits, like they do for like Disney movies mm. where there's a. Mm, Beyonce then does a Lion King song. Yes. yes. Or Christina Aguilera sings. Yes. Yes. Reflection. Yeah. Um, Lady Marmalade, you know, that yes, kind of stuff. Exactly. Mm. So <laughs> there's a really catchy <laughs> cover of it. And yeah. I looked it up. It's a group called Happy Land. And mm-hmm. it's the bass player from Spider Bait and the front man of Regurgitator. Oh, my Lord. Who were dating at the time, like, because they had a little project. And then they did this cover specifically for the film. <gasps> Whoa. That's what a collaboration. Exists. Right. Yeah. It's huge. Like, this movie, there's so much, like, Australia in it. Absolutely. Um, and then there's a song called Teenage of the Year, which is mm-hmm. by Lotel. And one yes. of the guys in that band is married to Pia Miranda. Yeah. They got married in 2001. Married. Got a bunch of kids. This yeah. is like, this film must have employed a third of the Australian performing arts mm-hmm. sector <laughs> in the year that it was made. <laughs> Truly. It's everyone. They're inventing super groups just for the soundtrack of this yeah. band. And they super are. marriages. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> they did. And there's someone called Endorphin, which is mm-hmm. their like stage name. There's a bunch of his songs in it. And he teaches at AIM. Like, he teaches at the wow. uni that I went to. Mm. So I looked up. I'm like, oh, yeah, because he does like composition and music production. Yeah. yeah. And he's still making like electronic music. I'm like, that's cool. So yeah. He's like a Sydney person. <laughs> and there's some other bands that I don't know called Stella 111 and Even. And then there's Hamish. Cowan doing a cover of With or Without You. Oh, wow. They're all Australians. Mm. Yeah. And then there's mm. one song from a Welsh band called Catatonia, which is the song when they slow dance at the... At the formal? Inter-school uh, formal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> inter-school formal, that is wild. Yeah. That's like, wild that they have that. Yeah. Because mm. it's like, what, three different schools minimum? Oh. Yeah, it's the two fancy schools and the public school, and they seem yeah. to be at Martin Place. Yeah. From me looking at it, trying to figure I out... I think it... I th- yeah, I think, is it, I or so. Sydney Uni or something? Martin Place, Sydney Uni. Because when they go to the uni, yeah. when floppy blonde boy mm. and Josie go to the uni, that's the University of Sydney. Yeah. With um, the beautiful jacaranda trees, rest in peace. I think they replaced them. But, oh, you know, no. I think the jacaranda tree Rude. got chopped down by like some pranksters, but then um. Sydney Uni was like... We were kidding. We actually have a second jacket on a tree kept safely off campus that we're going to chuck what? back in. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, who has a backup tree? They have a backup tree because it's too iconic, probably because of this movie. But where do you... How do you... <laughs> where do you store a backup tree? Yeah, I don't know. They they never revealed the location of where it had been stored. Oh, my God. But they had a backup tree. It's case. probably ASIO again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they just nicked a tree. Like, there's jacarandas everywhere. They just, yeah, like, exactly. put on some high yeah, yeah. Like, we'll They bought it from Grafton, jacaranda capital of Australia. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they absolutely could have. Um, yeah, so there's so much, like, it looks and sounds mm. like Sydney. Yeah. Absolutely. That, as a Queenslander, it definitely, that was huge for me. I was mm. like, yeah. this is not a place that I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a place that I have visited, am currently visiting. <laughs> mm. And yeah, it's. Well, and that's one of the things that we really like look at with this mm. podcast is that there's so many different experiences of like Australia or mm. what we call Australia. And it's, this is one that's like so specific mm. to a place, but it's still relatable. And like, I guess for me, like, you know, Italian ladies do come talk to me in Haberfield mm-hmm. just because visually. They're like, yes. maybe, perhaps. You can pass. Yeah, and I off, people, like, it depends, because if it's someone who is of a di- diaspora mm-hmm. asking, like, oh, are you Lebanese? That's what yeah. I get mostly, mm-hmm. or, like, you Greg Italian. Then it's, like, a nice, it's a, oh, yes. are you one of me? Yeah. Um, can we bond over this thing? <laughs> I, I'm just like, no, I have nothing interesting to add. <laughs> <I'm>, 
uh, a white person, <laughs> but I have curly hair. Like, because I know, like, my mum definitely, she said, like, growing up in the 70s, mm. she did get called a wog, mm. um, like, as a slur. And she was always a bit confused by that. She's like, yes, but that's, if you're going to pick an ethnic slur, could you pick one that's, yeah. just you know, get it right. Get it right, um, please. But it's mostly, like, visually. And so I just wanted to swing back to mm-hmm. that word because I've had to say it twice. Yeah, um, I'll give you the pass. You're allowed to say it. Yeah, well, because it's in the context <laughs> of the film. Yeah, it is course. used as a yeah. slur, but yeah. also has been reclaimed by lots of people mm-hmm. to self-identify. I just hit my microphone. Um, and I think because Josie does refer to herself yeah. that way as well. Um, as but do it I. is. I'll say it. <laughs> I'm gonna say it on the record. Wog, dude. I'm a wog. Mm, well, you're a, you're I always got scared too. saying it myself because <laughs> it's so quiet and true. I'm a wog. I can the say you're, yeah. you're allowed to. I'll yeah. go one worse. I'm a greasy wog. <laughs> 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 I've been called that. I can say it. Uh, and like, well, because the mean fancy girl mm. blondie like calls her that a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just like. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with this, but like it's an interesting yeah thing. Especially, I would say like around this time with this film and like the uh, around this time as well, the Wog Boy came out, the Nick mm. uh, uh, yeah. like Wog comedy. There was like a bigger reclamation like of that word around this time, yeah. Where and especially being used to like as a self identifier, yeah. Because I think like. Those two movies, but especially this one, like, speak to that and speak to that being, like, you know, being between two worlds, being Australian or being Italian or being Greek. It's, like, those are the worlds. And I think that for the diaspora and for people in that second generation Mm. that, like, grew up in Australia, that term, WOG, is, like, more almost more like a accurate self-identifier of being mm. like well yeah i'm neither italian or greek yeah. i'm not a australian either it became like more of like an all encapsulating like uh, identifier that would also like bring like the other diasporas together of like mm. what the actual like mediterranean european migrants uh communities felt like as mm. a, like a one whole thing yeah and it's because you said the because a couple of different things coming out around mm. this time, like early two thousands, yeah. because of like there's something that's led to that, like yeah. that reclamation. But then these mm. films and like the shows, because it's like pizza and pizza, probably a few years after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but then... comedy in Australia was heavily driven by these communities in the eighties mm. and nineties, absolutely, like, yeah, massively. Like so Effie, mm-hmm. Effie. Um, you had yeah. like uh, Acropolis now, yeah, and they had like the big stage shows, like it was the, the Wogs Out of Work the and stuff. The theater stuff was yeah. huge, mm. yeah. Really so it's huge. almost like this is kind of born out of that era, and it's Absolutely. going, hey, let's get the young people into yeah. these stories as well. Which yeah, is cool. so it's like this tradition of that that mm. then's become this like treasured artifact mm. of a yeah. film. Yeah. yeah, and I think this one, the like it, 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 it takes all that, but this is a very authentic emotional yes. adaptation of yes. those feelings as well rather than Whereas, comedy and farce and yeah satire. exactly so the without the broadness and stuff yeah. like this film has like broad moments for the most part like people connect with it because mm. it is you know somewhat authentic a portrayal of like teen teenhood yeah is teenhood a word yeah, teenness? I'll allow it. I won't say teenness. That's Long sounds... Teenness. <laughs> yeah. teenness I feel like that's like... illegal. I'm not allowed to say I teenness. I think all of our working with children checks just <laughs> went up yeah. in place. Mine just bounced. No. <laughs> adolescence. Yeah, adolescence. Yeah. Thank God. I didn't have to say teenness another time. Teenhood was fine. It was Teenagehood? Really... Teenagehood, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, well, the... 
one more thing that I do want to talk about is like because it's based on a book. Yes. Yeah. Um, which was the most stolen library book. Do you have any experience with that? I Alexi? do. I stole it. I brought my copy here that I stole from my library from Leichhardt uh, High School <laughs> uh, from the year 2004. I would have stolen it. It's like the Scholastic High School mm. edition of the book. Because I remember seeing it. It wasn't. It was taught in schools. Yeah. But I think it, by the time I was in high school, it was no longer being taught. Yeah. So there was just one day where I went to the library and I was like, I wasn't there like, hanging out at the library, okay? Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. I had friends too, but I love the library because I love to learn. I love to read. You're in a safe space. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> I felt like I could say. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I just saw like this fat stack of Alabrandi books. I think I didn't even really know that it was based on a novel. So I was like, oh, wow. And it, just discovering that oh. looks different. So I was like, you know what? I just slowly stole it. Like, just slowly, just like, didn't want it to go to. Because I was like, I don't want to return this and borrow it. I was like, You're like I want this. This is it. I exactly. I yeah. want it. I want to own it. I'm a committed relationship with this book. <laughs> and you can tell because it's, it's laminated. It's, it's laminated. It's got a barcode, it's a library, library barcode. Got, like, you've got the name of the person that previously owned it, but also I've got signs. <gasps> I got signed wow. by two people. The God and Jesus have signed my Bible. <laughs> oh my God. I've got Pia Miranda signed it. She <gasps> oh, said, Thief, return this, you naughty boy. <laughs> Pia Miranda. Oh. Three X's. And then Melina signed it as well for me. Oh. And so I treasure this. And I was That's scared so bringing it here today beautiful. because it's raining and I didn't bring a bag. And no. I'm like, I got to cover it. And it felt very similar to when I stole it, but I just yeah. put it underneath my shirts. <laughs> Thankfully, it's laminated. It's yeah, laminated, like, exactly. It's a library book. We can arrange a bag for its safe return. Yeah, yeah I'm going <laughs> to just get a courier to turn it, take it back to my house <laughs> as I catch oh. public transport home. Treasured novel. Mm-hmm. But she has other novels yes. as well, which was so important to Tell me us. as a teen. Because oh, wow. I love this book. And Saving Francesca. I love oh, Saving Francesca. Loved it. And like, because she played soccer. She yep. looked like me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, she wanted to... Like she, yeah. she was like going to a boys' school, and I was so annoyed when I was playing soccer yeah. that I had to eventually start playing women's because, <gasps> like, mixed. You have to do it on a Saturday night. You yeah. get to kick boys in the shins. Yeah. And then, like, it was really quick. And then Saturday morning women's. Mm. A lot of them, like, cops and really scary, oh but gosh. also slow runners. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> anyway, so I really related to yeah. Francesca. That's so funny. And I also, when I talked to Melina about seeing Francesca, she said that she saw that as... Uh, not a direct sequel, but she was like, mm-hmm. that Spiritual would be um, what uh, Josie and Jacob Coote would be the parents from that <gasps> book. Uh, and she said that that was like what they're like. They're all in the like same after. universe. And I That's asked right. her, I was like, are they still together? And she's like, yes, they're still together. Oh, <laughs> cute. You heard it here first. Yeah, everyone? you got it. That's it. It's official. I got the Straight scoop. From Alina. <laughs> Josie Alabrandi is still married to Jacob Coote, the character. <laughs> they're still together. She would have hyphenated too because she was going Alabrandi Barton. So it's probably Alabrandi Coote. Oh, yeah. that actually has got a better ring to it. I mm. like it. Mm. Call Sunrise. We've got a story yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's On the Jellico Road as mm. well, which I love. It's really yeah. great. And there's all this, like, there's a Jimmy Barnes song really prominently in it. Like, it's yeah. like the Flame Trees, which is so, it's such an oh. interesting and specific choice. Mm. But again, it's like generational. Like, yeah. it's her journey, like, with her mum, like, finding all these mm. 
like a teen mystery again. Yeah, it's, and they're, they're all like so great good. Sydney books as well. Because mm. there's the other one, House on Dalhousie Street, I, I think is the latest one. read it. Yeah, they're all like very Sydney-focused, mm. Sydney-based, like capture like, the, you know, some sort of that essence of like dislocation. Mm. Does she live on Dalhousie Street? Does Melina? Uh, well, not you don't need to disclose, anything. but that is, <laughs> that is in Haberfield. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's... Cool, this beloved author, mm. and then wonderful film that yeah. like she wrote. I just love it. Yeah, that's my, that's my feeling. I'm so glad. Did you that's love it moral. too? I did. Wow, thank goodness. I, did. <laughs> I no, I, I everything you've said about it being so specific mm. to a place and a time, but also universally yeah. relatable is just like it ticks all the boxes for me. Absolutely. And I loved the dialogue. Mm. I loved oh, how they yeah. all spoke to one another, and I loved that. It wasn't afraid to be mean. Yes. Mm. You know, the dialogue isn't af- isn't afraid of being mean. You know, yeah. they really do kind of yell at each other and call out each other and the school kids say horrible things to each other. Yeah, it's like, the- that's exactly. what high school's fucking like. Yes. Like, people are mean. <laughs> and that, like, trio of, like, girlfriends, mm, like Josie's yeah. friends, like, they're nasty to each other, they're yeah. dirty. I think, like you were saying, it like, captures, like, that actual, yeah. uh, like, teen vernacular so yeah, well. Yeah, but in an authentic way, not in a, like, heightened mm. Americana, yeah, clicky absolutely. kind of way. It's yeah. like, no, no, that's that felt really relatable. And because so. the whole thing of her, like, she says at the beginning, I think that they're friends by default. Like, when yeah. everyone was picking yes. friends in primary school, they were the last three left. Yeah. yeah, and you can tell that they just don't understand each other's cultures mm. ugh, at all. Mm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. so good. And I would say as well, like... The thing that another thing that I feel like is really authentic, and I very have like never seen it anywhere else, is um, except for like I, when I saw Minari recently. <gasps> so you know the time where I felt like there's they captured something authentic in like the adversarial like push and pull nature of a grandchild and a grandparent. Mm. I think with this movie, like I grew up with my grandmother. So yeah. I was like, I very, very close with my yaya. Like, you know, she was my freaking hero my whole life. Yeah. And, um, but there is that thing of just like living with someone that is so far removed from your life experience and your yes. generation yeah. where it's like their communication is not easy, especially, you know, I spoke fluent Greek, but still like it wasn't that there was that barrier. There was an age barrier, language barrier. And also like the kind of like, uh, you know, in Greek and Italian culture, like the overwhelming sense of like unconditional love. Yeah. Where it is like, not just like, oh, I love you. You're the best. It's like, I love you. I'm worried about you every second of every day. Yeah. I think they captured that so authentically in that the granddaughter and grandmother fight, but it's not like, oh, they, it's not the drama. The film's like, oh, are they going to hate each other? And that's the Mm. whole movie. It's like, no, that's not the drama film. That's just how the communication works. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that, you don't see that anywhere else. Yeah. Except for Minari. Great movie as well. Yeah. Um, should yeah. we end on maybe everyone's favorite moment mm. or favorite line oh, wow. or something? Yeah. And do we have any other fun facts as well? I have oh. to think about, well, just my favorite moment mm-hmm. when the credits come up and then all the way until the credits at the end. I love that, but I'll, I'll think about it. I'll find another. Yeah. Mm. I would say I've got a fun fact. In the book, she works at McDonald's oh. and in the movie, oh. she works at a Porto, which oh. I think is 
perfect uh, yeah. translation to a go, good, yeah, it's a porto. A good mm. adaptation. Yeah, slightly more ethnic, more Sydney. You yeah. got the iconic Bondi burger. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know a Which porto was a thing until I was like 24. Whoa. Because in Queensland, there's, I think, two of them. Wow. Mm. <laughs> a porto was a huge part of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get pineapple on it. Anyway. Yeah. And another fun fact the Otropo burger from a porto is actually a porto backwards. Oh. Whenever I've told someone that, it's they do it does change right. their life a little bit. You're right. A tropo right. is a porter backwards. Cool sunrise again. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's figured it out. Uh, my my favorite line that mm-hmm. I wrote down, and it's probably slightly butchered, is last time I got Joan of Arc, and then I burnt my hand a week later. Awesome. Yeah, I was like, yeah. yes, I laughed out loud. Those yeah. are good. There's a couple of ones like where she's gone to like her dad's apartment and she's like, do you have anything that isn't Sultana? And it's like, mm. it's Santana. And I just yeah. found that, yeah. like, I was like, I've had that interaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> correct. <laughs> like, it's Sultana. Um, I don't know. Oh, the whole, the sequence where Nonna mm. is telling <gasps> Josie about. Yeah. The curse. Yeah. And yeah. then like revealing Oh, we mean this movie's from 2000, so yeah, just spoilers, spoilers. revealing that her grandpa is not who mm. she thought he was. He's that, an Aussie guy, yeah, yeah, from and the country. That's yeah, such a beautiful, yes. powerful sequence. Yeah, great monologue every time, absolutely it was amazing. Nonna gets you know, just gets oh the tears God. flowing. That's my favorite part of the whole movie, mm. I would say. Yeah. yeah, yes, I love it. I'm it's gonna beautiful. cry thinking about this movie <laughs> and. On that note. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think on that note, I think we're done. I'm gone. Um, yeah, we're all going to cry together. Yeah, we'll just have a gentle wink. We can all place our hands on my copy of the book here. Uh, and I'll and hold my DVD. Little... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Melina. Uh, oh, well, thanks uh, for having me, guys. This was so fun. I, whenever I can talk about this... You know that I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go absolutely <laughs> off king talking about freaking looking for Ella Brandy. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. It was my dream come true. Yeah. Absolutely. Wealth of knowledge. We oh, loved it. That's it. I researched for this podcast for about 15 years. <laughs> so I hopefully paid off. Everything's meeting leading up to this moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, we record episodes every Monday. Uh, and next week, Tunings is going to be about Woodrow Nunakal, amazing poet. Make Whoa. sure that you've subscribed or followed and follow us on Instagram at Australianorama and like tell just tell everyone that you know tell your mum mm. tell her to tell everyone that she knows tell Nonna tell to Brandy. tell her aspiring <laughs> to tune in yes explain how to use a podcast app and then off we go 